Welcome to Life Point with your host, Pastor Tom Doherty. Welcome to Life Point. I'm Pastor Tom Doherty, and today Max Buchanan will be your host, and he is associate pastor of the Cloverdale Church of God, and I am glad that he's filling in for me for a little bit, and Lord bless you as you listen to Pastor Max Buchanan. Well, welcome back, everybody, to Life Point. We've been in 1 Corinthians this week, and yesterday we talked about the threefold process of our Christian faith. The first one was justification, the fact that we are saved by grace through faith, through the work of Jesus Christ on the cross, and that only. It was by the blood of Christ that we are made clean. But then we got on to sanctification and glorification. Sanctification is our ongoing process as believers to grow more into the image of Christ. It's the Christian life, if you will. And then glorification to be with Christ forever. We read verse 8 yesterday. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. We talked about the different opinions on these verses. If you didn't catch it, you can go ahead and revisit that because I don't have time to really explain it this morning. But the reason why we're on this process is because we were talking about how Paul was talking about love and how we need to grow in love. And so naturally in our sanctification journey, there's certain things that Jesus has left us with the community of the church, reading of God's word, prayer, service to him that do take effort. And I think oftentimes we downplay that because we don't want to discredit what the Holy Spirit's doing. And I agree 100%, but we still need to talk and let people know what they're in for. And that's a life of growing in the things of Christ. These things don't just magically happen. They come from the experiences in which you're placed into. And they come through putting in the effort into the tools that God has left us. God's not opposed to effort. And we need to talk about that. He's left us his word to study. He's left us a messy community of broken sinners to try to navigate with his love. He's left us the Holy Spirit with different gifts that we are used using to edify the body of Christ. But all of that takes work. All of that takes effort. Yes, it's God. The God is the one doing it and has left us the tools. We're not downplaying that, but it does take effort. Our salvation seal, that's completely the work of Christ. Again, our maturing in Christ is completely the work of him, but it's going to take effort on our part. And that's the same with anything in life. Everything takes effort to grow in. I was thinking about my kids. I have a five-year-old and an almost two-year-old. She'll be two in July, but my son is five years old. And a couple of years ago, we started him in T-ball. We we're like, hey, we want him to, you know, grow up and play team sport and stuff like that. So we thought it would just be fun to put him in T-ball. So we put him in this little T-ball league and the T-ball league is absolute chaos, absolute chaos. They don't even play on a field in this T-ball league. They just put bases out in the middle of like a normal field. And they just, you know, have the teams go. And so there's really no benches for the kids to sit on. And so you put these little dots on the ground. And it's just a very flawed system because they're three and four-year-old kids. And they're absolutely wild and have no clue how to follow directions. But I learned something about kids' sports. If you take away the sporting equipment, every sport looks the same. You'd have no clue what they're playing, right? 
Whether it's baseball, basketball, football, soccer, it doesn't matter in the slightest. Because as they start off, all it is is a clump of kids running after an object, and that's the ones that are into it. The other ones that aren't into it are picking flowers or playing in the dirt. And that's how it was. It was wild and it was chaos. There's kids spinning around, you know, way out in the outfield, nowhere near where a kid can hit. There's a kid that doesn't even have his glove on and he's chasing the balls. He just threw it over. And the best part is, is when kids get up to bat and they actually hit it, they sit there and watch the ball or they run the opposite direction. It's very rare that a kid or the ball or any sort of play is completed or anybody even gets to first base. But they're kids. We don't expect them to know. And my favorite story from that T-ball season is it was the last game. And it works like normal kid sports where there's not bleachers. There was just chairs. And so there was all these parents sitting in these chairs. This is my favorite part of the entire thing. All these parents are sitting in the chairs. They're all watching their kids, cheering on their kids. We were the Giants that year. So everybody's got their Giants gear on. And this kid gets up to bat, and he hits the ball pretty decent. And all season long, he just stands there and is so proud of his hit that he doesn't run. He just sits there to watch where it goes. He has a big smile on his face. Cutest thing ever. But this mom had had enough, right? Last game of the season, so that son knocks that ball. Everybody's screaming, run, 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 go to first. The kid just sits there completely just watching the ball with a huge smile on his face. The mom is in her chair. She gets up out of her chair. She has a baby in one arm. She grabs the kid with the other one and drags him to first base. Again, these kids have no skills. Nobody's even going to throw them out. We could have been there a half an hour and he would have never gotten to first base. And once he did get to first base after the yelling, the ball would have never been there either. But she was so fed up, she grabs this kid, drags him to first base and sets him on there. And everybody laughs. Why? Because these kids are three and four years old. They don't know how to play the game. They don't have skills. They have no power per se. But it's because they're little children. And that's the same with our our Christian faith. It's not like we start out and we're good at this thing. We're still plagued by sin. And over time, we grow in love. Paul continues this idea when in verse 11 when he says, When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up my childish ways. See what he's saying? He matured, matured in his faith. Just like a child matures into an adult. Just like a kid who's very bad at baseball at three years old matures into a better baseball player if they put in what? The time and the effort. Our Christian faith and growing in love is the same way. Salvation belongs to Christ. It's only by grace that we're saved. But growing in love, growing into the church that God wants us to be and the members of the church God wants us to be, To exemplify these spiritual gifts, they take effort, they take time, they take work. Why do you think pastors work so hard? Because the Christian life does take effort, and we don't want to downplay that effort. Yes, it's all done through the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, we have a God that goes before us. I'm not downplaying that, but it does take effort, just like everything else in life. And it's so funny, because could you imagine if one of these kids got to... High school, can you imagine if my son, little Conrad, gets up 
And he's like, hey, coach, I need a tee. And he sets the ball on and he's trying out for his high school team and he hits the ball and he doesn't run to first base. And then when he's in the outfield, he's spinning around and playing in the dirt or chasing the ball out of his position when he's not in his actual position. You'd be like, what is he doing? He's acting like a child. And again, why do we expect him not to act like that? Because he's grown up. He's learned the game. He's learned how to play. Our Christian faith, the exact same way. Yes, we're saved by grace, but we can't become obsessed with certain things that we don't grow in love. The Corinthian church, obsessed with tongues, except obsessed with prophecy. Those that didn't have these gifts were feeling left out or they were being lorded over people. They desired Holy Spirit superpowers rather than growing in love, edifying the body of Christ and going out and sharing this love with the rest of the people in Corinth. In verse 12, this chapter wraps up and it says, For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know in full, even as I have been fully known. So these verses, I think a lot of times we skim past that one. We go, okay, love is the most important. That's great. There's a little bit more to this verse. And I think David Guzik in his commentary, The Enduring Word, had a great explanation of verse 12. He said, love is greatest because it will continue. This is the conversation we were talking about earlier. Love is eternal. Even grow in the internal state. When we are in heaven, faith and hope will fulfill their purpose. We won't need faith when we see God face to face. We won't need hope in the coming of Jesus once he comes. But we will always love the Lord and each other and grow in that love through eternity. Again, the love of Christ and growing in it is a process that we will continue through all of eternity. That is why Paul is stressing this. The love of Christ is eternal. Again, faith will be fulfilled. Hope will be fulfilled. But when we see in full and we are in full, love will continue on. And so that's why Paul's stressing it. Don't be caught up with this emotional side of everything in church. If we're not having this emotional you know, thing, then we're not serving God. No, no, no. He says, use and take advantage of the tools that are around us to grow in love for your fellow Christians as you gather and then outpour that love to the community, to those that don't yet know Christ. 1 Corinthians 13, again, isn't written about weddings. It's written about the church, written about Christ's love, written about how we are to exemplify this love. Well, I hope this week has been insightful for you, and I hope that you look forward to Pastor Tom coming back I loved my uh, chance to be on the radio and love to be able to share with you from the scriptures that uh, God has pressed upon my heart. May you go in peace, grow in love. Let me pray for you as we close. Lord, we're grateful. Grateful for 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We're grateful for 12 and 14, which is sandwiched in between, God. We pray that we never shy away from effort as we grow in love, Lord. 
that we would take advantage of the tools that you've left us and that we'd find so much joy in the service that we get to have because you have first loved us. We pray all these things in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. LifePoint is a ministry of the Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like a copy of today's broadcast or would like more information about the church, please call us at 208-362-1700 or write to Cloverdale Church of God, 3755 South Cloverdale Road, Boise, Idaho, 83709. You may also visit us at our website, www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.